You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. I had a really good message that I was working on for the last couple of weeks, and the more I fasted and prayed, the more the Lord changed my message, and I was really excited about the other one, but it's better to be obedient than to uh, sacrifice. So I went with what the Lord would have me share on this morning, and that is, the Lord is my shepherd. I hope haven't mucked up my slides according to my notes but if we if we can go to the first slide please Daniel and uh, before I speak let's ask the Lord to speak so father we just bow before you in humility thank you Lord that you cleansed us thank you Lord that your presence is with us and Lord I just pray beyond my words Lord that you might speak to hearts, every single heart here, Lord. Show how awesome you are, how caring you are, how loving you are, how protective you are of each and every one of us, Lord. Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. You alone are God of gods, Lord of lords, and King of kings. Let our ears be open to hear what you're saying, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i shall dwell in the house of the lord forever i just want to juxtapose that with the worldly psalm 23 if we can go to the next slide the worldly psalm 23 a lament which means a sorrowful song The world, the world is my shepherd. I lust for everything I want. Alcohol and drugs intoxicate me and make me lie down anywhere. My flesh leads me to all kinds of temptations, but nothing satisfies or restores my soul. I choose to walk my own paths in whatever my mood or flesh desires. And his holy name I foolishly forsake. Though I walk in the sins that lead me to eternal death, I still embrace evil and pretend that God doesn't know. My lusts and greed and pride lead me astray, but they do not comfort me. O world, you lay a table of of fruitless temptations before me. They surround me not as friends, but as enemies. My head hangs down in shame and emptiness, and my sins overflow my life. 
Surely I have run away from the mercy and goodness of the Lord. And I will dwell in the house of the dead forever. That kind of makes the real Psalm 23 look a whole lot better. And that lament is kind of like our old life. Hopefully our old life. The next slide, please, Daniel, back to Psalm 23. Notice in verse 4 it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the next slide, please. God's rod and his staff, they comfort us. So what on earth does that mean? Well, the rod, as you can see, is just a little tool, a little... uh, uh, instrument that you use to beat other animals with or whatever and the staff has got a hook on it and the shepherd uses the staff to pull the sheep back in because uh, sheep tend to wander and in uh, Hebrew the word for rod is shabbat and it means the rod or the tribe or the correction and the staff means mishnah which means staff, support, or sustenance. And where it says, they comfort me, comfort is the Hebrew word nacham, meaning to comfort, to console, to have compassion, to change my mind, to regret, to think better, to repent, and to be sorry. So where just the basic English says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, the deeper Hebrew meaning says, your rod, Lord, your correction, the tribe around me and your staff, your support and your sustenance give me great comfort and they console me, covering me with your compassion and that when I err, you make me repent, to be sorry, to change my mind and to think better. So that's a little deeper meaning of the Hebrew. So I really encourage you, if you read your scriptures, get behind some of the words and uh, you're going to find out that uh, there's a whole lot more meaning. So a normal shepherd uses a staff and a rod because sheep are pretty dumb animals and they tend to wander. And isn't it funny that God calls us sheep in the scriptures? <laughs> Why do we need constant guidance and correction? I'm going to talk about, uh, use various scriptures. For time's sake, I'm not going to go through the Bible. Um, If anyone wants a look at the scriptures later, I can send out the notes just to make sure I'm not speaking error or deception. So you should confirm everything through the word. But why do we need guidance and correction? Because in Matthew 24, 24, Jesus said, False Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders that would deceive even the elect, even the people at Live City, if that were possible. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And Proverbs 6, 23 says, The commandment, or the word of God, is a lamp. His teaching is a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way to life. So God's rod and God's staff are his word and the guidance by his Holy Spirit. Can we go to the next slide, please, Daniel? Oh, yeah. So God's rod today 
and his staff is the word of God that brings us back on track and the Holy Spirit revealing and enlightening that word to our souls. Don't be caught up with hype thinking you don't need the word of God that the Holy Spirit will reveal everything to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what he wants to reveal and generally he will be enlightening the word that you have already read. Don't be foolish thinking that's all you need. I knew a man who had an employee at his factory who was a born-again Pentecostal and he would walk around the factory praying out loud in tongues and everyone thought he was a fool. Uh, And my friend said to him, you know, uh, it's not good to cast pearls before swine. It's really not good to, you know, be praying out in tongues in front of unbelievers and all that. Uh, you know, um, the word says, you know, that we should be wise. And he said, I don't need the word. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Um, that is not the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's the leading of either a false spirit or just plain stupidity. Um can we go to the next slide, please, Daniel? Oh, good. Okay, in Psalm 23, 6, it says, Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The Hebrew word for follow me is yadafuni. comes from the word radaf, and it means to pursue, to chase, to follow, to press in, and to persecute after. Not just God's following, God's mercy following you in a passive way. It's not just a passive following, but rather it is a forceful, ongoing action. God is chasing each one of us to soak us in his mercy and goodness. We miss out on so much uh, understanding of the Bible because of our lack of knowledge of the biblical culture lack of knowledge of the Hebrew language and our historical roots and sometimes because of our church traditions. But we can understand how the Lord relates to us a whole lot better when we understand the culture of the Bible and what he's actually talking about. So when he talks about being a shepherd, all those guys were shepherds, or a lot of them were shepherds. They knew exactly what he's talking about. Us city dwellers scratch our head and think, oh, what does that mean? Why do we need a shepherd? Aren't we smarter than the sheep? Slide, please. (laughs) Isaiah 53, 5-6 says, But Jesus was pierced for our transgressions, or it says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Psalm 119 and 176 says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Lord, seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. When you don't forget God's commandments, you won't be lost. Psalm 79, 13 says, But we, your people, are the sheep of your pasture. And we give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. God sees us as sheep. 
the role of the shepherd in the time of Jesus was to take the sheep out every day to safe places to find food. And then after they ate, they would rest them. And the shepherd was there to keep the sheep safe from the many predators that constantly hanging around, were constantly hanging around waiting to devour the sheep. And if staying out overnight, the shepherd's job was to make a pen to keep all the sheep in one spot. So how does this relate to God being our shepherd? Just like God rescued the Hebrew people and brought them out of Egypt, so he has brought each one of us out of our slavery of a sinful life. He is shepherding us as he always has with his people. Psalm 78.52 says, He led his people out like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. God is leading us like a flock today. We've all been shepherded in here by his Holy Spirit. Psalm 103 says, Know that the Lord, he is good. He he is God who made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And God will lead us and guide us. That's his job. He is guiding us. Because when you go out into Israel, out in the hills, and to Jordan, which used to be Israel, you'll see that there's some steep hills and there's little paths. And the shepherd knows where the food is. The sheep don't. They're really thick. They don't know what to do. So they have to follow the sheep. The shepherd guides the sheep. The shepherd wants to guide you. The shepherd should be your shepherd, not just a shepherd you read about. Your shepherd. Psalm 25, 9 says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Some of us guys think, well, I'm a man of my own making. I can do it. I've got big muscles. I'm a man. I, can, uh, I don't need God. We all need God. We all need God. Isaiah thirty twenty one says, Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you is the voice that will say, This is the way you should go when you turn to the right or to the left. Isaiah 42, 16 to 17 says, I will lead the blind by a way they did not know. I will guide them on unfamiliar paths. I will turn darkness into light before them and rough places into level ground. Sound like your life? These things I will do for them, and I will not forsake them. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, which means a rescuer, Savior, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you for your benefit. God teaches us. We're supposed to be listening, supposed to be learning. And God directs you in the way you should go. That's what the shepherd does. Slide, please. This means that God will take us down unfamiliar paths and in rough places through hard times. Sometimes we go through tragedy. Sometimes we go through bad times. But God is there to walk with us, to keep us safe, and to smooth out the paths from before us. Next slide, please, Daniel. When you go to Israel, there's some really high cliffs over there. I hate heights, so some of them I get really scared of walking around. Um, and sheep don't know the paths, and they can easily fall off and fall to their death. 
And as you can see in the uh, the bottom left-hand corner, those sheep walking off the edge of a cliff, that's what sheep do. In Turkey, this is true, in Turkey, I believe uh, just a few years ago, 2015 I think it was, a shepherd was out with his huge flock of sheep, 1,500 sheep, and he decided to go for coffee. And he left the sheep on the hilltop. And they were just mulling around looking for grass to eat. And one of the sheep fell off. And the other sheep said, oh, that looks like fun. And so 1,500 sheep fell off a cliff. 450 of them died. The rest landed on the soft sheep that were already splattered. (laughs) And they lived. So So sheep... Follow other sheep. And if you've got the wrong sheep at the front, you're in trouble. Sheep are dumb. Christians, believers, can also be like sheep. Yeah. There's a guy in Waco, Texas, by the name of David Koresh. His real name was Vernon Howe, and he believed that he was a prophet from God. And he told his flock so, and he had uh, 100, 150 believers at a ranch where they lived. And uh, they believed he was the prophet of God, and this was the end times. And he was turned from being a prophet and a preacher to becoming the Messiah. He believed that he was the Messiah, Um but he was doing really stupid things like told all the married men in their compound that they were no longer to uh, have uh, um, husband and wife relations. Is that, the, is that a nice way to put it in a church? <laughs> and, but he was allowed to. So he was out there uh, with all the other married women having the fun of his life. And some people left because they said, this is not right, not according to the word of God. But other people followed the man. They didn't follow the word of God. And eventually you would maybe remember in the news that the police went out there, the ATF, the alcohol, tobacco and firearms people went out there. There was a massive shootout. Police officers died. And there was a standoff, I think, for three or four weeks with the FBI and everybody else. And eventually, 76... Jesus-loving, Bible-reading Christians died in a shootout and a subsequent fire with the FBI and the army. 76 people who followed a false prophet, they just walked straight off the cliff. This is why we have to be careful who we follow. This is why the Lord says, I am your shepherd. And so in order to follow the shepherd, we need to learn to hear his voice. John 10.27 says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, My sheep, my believers, my people at Life City, listen to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. They don't follow people on Facebook. Or they may do some little following on Facebook. But we're supposed to follow Jesus by listening to his voice. And if Daniel, if we can do that video, if it works out.
See how the sheep didn't listen to any other voice but the shepherd's voice. That's what we're supposed to be doing with the Lord. We are supposed to follow his voice. John 10, 4 says, When Jesus was brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word of God. Who's the word of God? Jesus. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I'll tell you of great and hidden things that you have not known. Through the constant practice of daily reading God's word, spending time with the Lord, praying and fasting and doing those things, we will learn to know God's voice. Because there's another voice out there besides our own who wants to deceive us. Psalm 23, 2 says, He makes me lay down in green pastures. Thank you, Daniel. This is what most of us think is green pastures. Nice, rich, green land. And uh, we think, okay, God is going to spoil me rotten. I'm just going to feast, lay down like a fat pig, and just enjoy life. And there's some preachers who have become millionaires and a billionaire out of teaching great prosperity. But in the Middle East, green pastures is a little bit different. Next slide, please, Daniel. This is what modern Bedouin shepherds call green pastures. To us, it looks bleak. It's desert. It doesn't look nice at all. And around the mountains of Judea, next slide, please, Daniel. It looks like the sheep are eating rocks. And you go out there sometimes. Sometimes you'll see on the hills a little bit of sort of green. But sometimes they look totally barren. And yet the sheep seem to be eating. This is because... Next slide, please, Daniel. Even though it's desert and it's rocks, in the evening the west wind blows and it's 20 miles from the Mediterranean up near Judea there. And so it brings in moisture from the sea in the, in the, in the wind. And little droplets of that moisture fall on some rocks and little tufts of grass, sometimes only one or two blades, spring up between the rocks. And that's what the sheep are actually eating. It's not about the sheep eating layers and layers of grass and enjoying life. The shepherd is able to provide the sheep with just enough for what they need for today. The sheep do not have doggy bags to take home. They are out and the shepherd knows where to take them. He knows where to feed them. They don't have to worry if they follow the shepherd. What about tomorrow? The shepherd will take them to another pasture tomorrow. They trust the shepherd to lead them and feed them. The whole picture is that God gives us enough for today. For today. Matthew 6, 33, 34 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, which is actually talking about food and clothing, etc., will be given to you as well. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore I tell you not to worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and a body more than clothes? And Matthew 6, 27 says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So for the worry warts out there, stop worrying. Instead, pick up your worries and give them to the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your care upon the Lord and he will sustain you. God knows when you need him. God knows. Uh, our minds can't sometimes fathom how we're going to do this. Lord, how are we going to get out of that? But God does miracles sometimes. Years ago when God told me to start Bible college, and um, it was odd for me because I dropped out of high school halfway through grade nine, so I was very uneducated. And uh, so I went to Bible college against my own liking. And I went to the bookshop and they said, oh, here's the textbook for this class that you're doing. And I went to the bookshop and the textbook was $7, which is probably equivalent to about $35 today. And I only had $2, which is probably equivalent to about $10 today. So I was short. And uh, well, I am short. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I was, did not have enough money. I was, um, didn't know what to do. And I had to get the textbook. No one else knew that I didn't have the money. No one else knew me at the college. And I just prayed and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I need this book. And then a lady walked in who I'd never met before in my life. She was older. She was about 50. I hate to say that now because I'm past 50. I know I don't look it. Um, but she was about 50, walked up to me, seemed nervous, and said, are you Bruce McLean? And I said, yes, I am. She grabbed my hand, shook my hand, and said, God bless you, and then walked straight out. Never seen her again in my life. In her hand, she gave me $5, which is exactly what I needed to buy the book. So nobody knew, uh, so I knew that was the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And uh, so God does those kinds of things in our lives. And I could tell you other stories, but for time's sake, we'll leave it for another time. When things go wrong, God still shepherds us. When things go wrong for us, that's actually all part of God's plans. We don't understand it sometimes. Yeah, exactly, most of the time. When family members die, when their business goes bust, you know, when we go broke, when we lose our house or whatever, God knows what's going on. We don't. And uh, we just can't explain it. I remember watching a true story about a, a Christian pilot in Korea. And uh, he machine gunned some uh, North Korean trucks and some had soldiers in it. But, and he saw another truck in the distance and he thought it was some soldiers trying to get away. So he went over and machine gunned it and killed everybody on board and as he flew past again he realized that a lot of the people on board were kids and uh, so he was shocked and distressed but afterwards he said to his uh, commanding officer he said you know it's the way of things I guess I think it's all God's making and will doesn't the good book say no sparrow shall fall to the earth unless God first gives his nod. So he must have given his nod to what happened out here today too. He must have because he's the almighty, isn't he? We have to just trust him. How can we live without that? 
And he said, I've come to the conclusion that God and all his reasons are invisible to the eyes of man. So I guess we have to be satisfied if he even gives us enough light to take our next step to do our next chore. And that's what we've got. To, we have to rely on God every day, one day at a time. There's things we don't understand. The sheep do not understand where the shepherd is taking them. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will set, and no flames will set you ablaze. And as Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. Part of God's shepherding is he wants to keep us from false teaching and destruction. And I, I remember on a, a tour in Israel that a, a North American Indian guy was there and he was saying that uh, on his farm, he, he grew up on farms with, uh, with sheep and goats. And he said the goats always played up. It was the goats who would walk away, who would stray off, and then the sheep would follow. And this is... You know, again, why God says there'll be a difference between the goats and the sheep in the Bible. We are sheep. The goats are doing their own thing. And we've got goats in Christianity today. We've got some people who are false prophets and false teachers. And Jesus said in Matthew 7.15, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Another example of that was a guy called Jim Jones who led a bunch of Christians down to top of uh, South America to a place called French Guiana and they had a Christian community there. And again, the people followed the man, not the Bible and things got so bad that he controlled them and everything else. And again, years ago you may have seen where 930 Bible-reading, Jesus-loving Christians committed mass suicide following the man who said this was the end time and the police, etc., were the, the army of the enemy. Don't trust in man. Trust in God. We trust in God by through his word. Mm, I'll skip that. Uh, next slide, please, Daniel. One of the things that sheep can have a problem with is being too fat or too top-heavy. If you're too skinny, if a sheep's too skinny, it's unhealthy. And if a sheep is too fat, it's also unhealthy. Next slide, please, Daniel. And when it's too top-heavy, sheep fall on their back. And this is a dangerous time for sheep because sheep do not have the capacity to think, I need to get up. And they stay on their back and they die like that. It's called being cast or being cast down. It's sheep, a sheep cast is a sheep on its back. It can't get up. It needs help. Psalm 43.5 says, Why, O oh my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my saviour. A sheep on its back is totally helpless. All of us get knocked on our back sometimes. 
and we need someone to help us up. Proverbs 24:16 says, "A righteous man may fall seven times," which is just a Hebraic way of saying time and again, but they get up again. When we get knocked down in life, which we will, we get up again with the help of the Lord and hopefully with the help of our fellow sheep. Psalm 34:19 says, "Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all." And Psalm 37, 24 says, Though he falls, a righteous man, though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed, for the Lord is holding his hand. That's the shepherd. Even when you're down and out, God is holding your hand. 1 John three seventeen says that uh, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and doesn't have pity on them and help them, how can the love of God be in that person? Philippians 2.4 says, don't look out just for your own needs and wants. Look out for your brothers and sisters. And God will carry us when we do fall. Slide please, Daniel. Isaiah 46.4 says, even in your old age and gray hairs, I can relate to this. I am God. I am he who will sustain you. And I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. If you're feeling down, and I know some people here are, if you're struggling, God will carry you through. God will pick you up. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. In Deuteronomy 1, 30 to 31, it says, The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you, as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father his, carries his son all the way until you reach this place. The Lord is carrying each one of us. You know, like the father carrying his little son on the shoulders, that's where God has got us. We might think we're too tough and we don't need it, but we need the Lord. And when the shepherds walk out the sheep, they always lead out front and the sheep follow the shepherd. But one, once it starts getting dark, the shepherd then starts walking with the sheep. He goes actually in the middle of the sheep and they surround him and they walk along and the shepherd keeps on talking and talking and talking so the sheep don't get scared so they can hear his voice and walk with the shepherd. Psalm 42.8 says, By day the Lord directs his love at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Psalm sixteen seventeen says, I praise you, Lord, for being my God. Even in the darkest night, your teachings fill my mind. And Psalm 121, 3 to 4 says, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will not slumber or sleep. And the next slide, please, Daniel. That's how the, they surround the shepherd. And the next slide, please, brother. So when they go at night, the shepherd has to make a pen. He'll make a pen, a wall out of rocks or sticks or whatever. And then he'll put all the sheep behind that man so all the sheep are safe. And then the shepherd, just like that man, will then sit and lay in the doorway at night. So any animal that goes to attack the sheep first must go through the shepherd. 
That's what God is doing for you. God is standing guard over you. Next slide, please, brother. There's the man with his sheep um, sitting in the door. Jesus said in John 10, 17, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus is standing at the door. He is protecting us from the enemy, the predators who seek to destroy us. If we stay in the pen, we will be safe. If we stay in the word of God, if we stay in the family of God, we will be safe. Otherwise, the enemy, the devil, will come and destroy us because he is our predator. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me but by my Father. Next slide, please, Daniel. There's the gate on the sheep pen. The gate on the tabernacle. No one comes to me except through Jesus. Only through the blood of Jesus can you enter the tabernacle into the presence of God. It's only through Jesus can we access God. But Jesus is also at another door. In Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. And if anyone answers, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. God is knocking on the heart of our door, not once to get saved, because that message in Revelation 3.20 is written to the church. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart every single morning you wake up, saying, I want to be your shepherd. Will you let me be your shepherd? Only his spirit can guide us into the narrow paths of life. We cannot do it in our own strength. We've got to follow the Lord. When we follow our flesh, we all get into trouble, every one of us. It's the Lord that we've got to follow. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Go with the shepherd who will lead you through the small gate. Deuteronomy 31, 8 says, and I'm closing, The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. The shepherd goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Next slide, please, Daniel. So the question for each one of us is, will you invite the Lord to be your shepherd today and every other day? It's not about going to church. It's not about looking good or having a position or a title. It is about following the shepherd of our soul. He's our protector, our guide, our love, our care. He seeks to protect us from a a savage enemy out there, the wolves, the demons, the enemy out there who seeks to devour each one of us. It's only as we surrender to God every day that he will shepherd us. And I believe the Lord wanted me to say this message today because he is talking to some people today. Today is the day to get back to God properly. Today is the day to stop playing church. Today is the day for you men to man up. Today is the day for some of you women to woman up. Today is the day to be humble, to be a sheep.
before the living shepherd, the eternal saviour of our soul. So I ask you to bow your heads and ask yourself, you know, God, you know, have you been playing games? Maybe your relationship hasn't been really tight with the Lord lately. Today, God wants you to make a decision and stick with it. God wants you to make him the shepherd of your soul. Not the world is my shepherd, which just leads to despair, but God is my shepherd that leads to life. So if God is speaking to you, I ask you to, while every eye is closed and your head is bowed, just put your hand up and say, Lord, this is me. I need to get close to you. I make you the shepherd of my life today. I make you the shepherd of my life today. It's time to get real. It's time to get intimate with the Lord. So if you put your hand up, I'm going to count to three, and just ask you to put your hand up, because your hand is pointing up to God, and he sees your hand, he sees your heart. Don't miss this opportunity Put your hand up. I'm going to count one and two and three. And maybe you don't even know the Lord is shepherd. If you don't know the Lord is shepherd and you want prayer, if you want to know him as shepherd, then please see David after the end of the service. He's standing at the back. Get David to pray for you and maybe... If you want to get closer to God again, go see David at the end of this and David will pray for you. But be real in your faith. Make God your shepherd. And now I close in a prayer. Father, Lord, I pray, help us make this faith real in this dark world, Lord. The dark trails the enemy lays for us, Lord. The, the trails that our flesh wants us to take, Father, Help us, shepherd us away from trouble, away from evil, away from destruction. Father, we surrender our hearts to you. You are our shepherd. In you we trust. And Lord, we make you Lord and shepherd of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, We'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.